Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Parramatta Eels, we're in. Scoops team, give us a little overview, mate. How do you think this year's going to play out and any potential sort of youngsters on your radar? Oh, I would really love to say Eels back into the top four. We're <laughs> back, baby. But no, look, you, you've got to be a little bit realistic. I think there's a couple of teams just outside the eight that are all trying to push in. And honestly, it's sort of hard to see the Eels pushing too far up un- unless some of they start really, really well. I think I have them about pretty much bang on eighth. But yeah, um, it'd be good if our youngsters didn't get injured, though. I think Arthur Miller-Stevenson has done his ACL and things like that. So it'll be good to see what the hooker situation is this year after Josh Hodgson really was pretty slow to start the year. So hopefully we'll get some stability. Yeah, I wonder how that, yeah, that, that position's going to go because they kind of, you know, Hodgson kind of went out of the team, then Brown went out of the team. So a lot of injuries in the middle. You had your guys at the start playing huge minutes, not using your bench when probably would have helped. Like there's a lot of factors that kind of probably played into they're missing the eight. And I think you, know, you only get a couple of them right that you can control. And, and that's probably eighth position at, at worst. And then, yeah, if the, if the team really gels and I thought Moses, that was his best year of his career, not even close. And yeah. probably same for Gutho as well. He really stepped up when Brown was out. So yeah, I think if Moses can, can either be the same or step up that little bit more then yeah, there, there's a definitely a high chance there. And let's go through the squad now. So Dejan Asi came, comes in and does a job, obviously, at times. He played last year, priced at 35, just doesn't get the spot. So we'll, we can leave him out there. Dylan Brown, is there any thought in starting with him? He obviously scored really well at times last year, but it's a very high price. Yeah, look, I'm probably not going to start with him just because he's pushed his price a little bit too high with those two halfback games at the back when Moses was out. If he was at a 50 average instead of a 55, I would probably think a little bit more about him. Yeah, I'll be very keen to see if Sean Lane can come back strong and Dylan Brown can get in a really good combo like he did in 2022 because that was a big reason why the Eels did so well that year because that left edge was humming. Oh, sure it sure was. Regan Campbell-Gillard, a 543. 
on the surface, that looks really low. And he has some ridiculous gains, but the ups and downs are way too much for him, aren't they? Yeah, and if you look at his minutes, I think he, I think he like averaged 50, 57 minutes or fifty five yeah, really minutes high. or something like that, and he still only didn't average forty. So, with Lane coming back and Paulo not getting injured, and some of these other guys and Madison not being suspended or injured, it has to drop. I don't see any value in him. Yeah, and he has those games where he'll go 70-70 with the try in each of those games. It's like, oh my god, this guy's amazing! And then he'll get, he'll play sixty minutes and get twenty nine. It's like, what? <laughs> How? Um, someone that was very very consistent, Brycey Carwright. Oh, it's nice to it's nice to see you again, Bryce. Um, six 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 sixty seven k now though. It's a lot. What are your thoughts on him for the year? Is there any value given he played a bunch off the interchange as well? I think. That's, I mean, if he plays 80 consistently, he's got like a couple points in him. But the Cardi party was last year. We've had our fun. It's time to look to look to other houses to to party in. Well, we'll see if we find one on the other on the other edge. That's for sure. Let's go to Zach Sini, the uh, the one hit wonder from a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, unlikely to play unless there's going to be some injuries there. Matt Dury, just no upside on him, even if he was to get a start if there was an injury, right? No, he needs to be uh, play a lot of minutes at edge in order to be any value. And we saw that he doesn't play 80 last year and then just disappeared. So not with the sign of Tua Luggy either. Yeah, got him. And then Maddo can just slot back in there as well. Hey, Dunster, any, any thoughts on him, If again, if there's an injury? I want to say yes, but he is one of those guys that will score you five points in 80 minutes on the semi-regular. I went back and had a look at his stats. He averaged 13.9 in 80-minute wing games last year, and his reserve grade was like 16 points on the wing last year. So absolute yuck for fantasy, even though he's 250K. If he got a lucky hat trick, maybe he'd make a little bit of money, but it's just one of those rare guys that even if he does get the spot, I'm not super interested in. Score 43 with a hat trick or something. Uh, Widow Mute Greg, as you as you noted there, made over 150k last season. He actually had some really really good games. They were big minute games though when RCG was out, when a few guys was out. If he happened to get a, a bit of a role, I did see him grow last year. Did you think there's any value on that, or is 336 just still a little bit of a risk, even if he got the mins? To start with, I don't think there's any real um, point in buying him, but he was he was really good. For the eels especially towards that back half of the year and when some of those guys were out so mm-hmm. if he does drop back a little bit say he plays 20 20 minutes and scores 20 points and moves back to sort of the mid 200s or high 200s and then like a six-week injury happens maybe there's potential for that that spell to happen again and make a bit of money while somebody's out but yeah at the moment with look you've got Hopgood. Who plays huge minutes? Paulo RCG playing big minutes. Matter playing big minutes on the bench. Where where does where does where does it come from? I yeah. don't see him playing more than maybe twenty five minutes at the, at the moment. Yeah, so he's the cheap guy to look at, but it's probably two injuries away. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. Avoid. <laughs> uh, Gutho six twenty seven had a as I said had a bit of a career year, especially through that middle to back end. Are you looking at the same time, it looks like, potentially around Origin and beyond? Yeah, he's somebody who's not quite that elite tier of fantasy fullbacks, but 
he has sometimes those little stretches where he goes nuts and everybody thinks, oh, that's right, Gutho's a gun. I forgot he averages mid-40s for some reason. And, I mean, nobody did that better last year than the dude who just fell short last mm. year and dropped to second in the last round. He bought Gutho for like 30-something points in round 13, and then he took off. I think he scored yeah. seven, uh, three 70s in the next month and was fantastic. So if you can pick Gutho up a little bit cheaper on one of those, fantastic. But um, it's hard to predict them, so not not for me to start. Definitely. Uh, we've got Brendan Hands here and Joey Lustig. We'll speak about the both of them. How do you think the hooker position will play out? Do you expect Lustig to be there full-time? Do you think it'll be a split-minute thing? I I think at the moment it's probably going to be Lussick 55, 60 minutes and hands sort of 20, 25 minutes. But if we get any indication from the round one teams that it's just going to be one hooker, load up. Both of them are 400s and could be 600s by the time they make all their money. Definitely. So we'll avoid for now until we find anything extra. Morgan Harper moves over. Do you think he actually gets a spot or is he sort of first reserve for the for the centers there? It, it's between him and Bailey Simonson, I think. And surprisingly, they kind of both score all right, but not quite at the keeper level at center. I think that um, he might have stretches where he'll score 40s and 50s, but then he'll score... He, he He's a non-keeper center. Center's even that are really good, will score you 20s and 30s sometimes. So not really interested. Definitely. When's the right time to buy Hopgood? Uh, I think the right time to buy Hopgood is probably post-Origin if he's getting good minutes because it's hard to know what he's going to get early on. He could get really big minutes like he did when he was starting Locke last year but there was a lot of people out so i don't trust him at that huge price to do that uh at the start of the year i think he's like 830k i'd say mm. he'd probably drop into the mid 700s or something like that and sit around there all year and then maybe a bench a bench keeper mid to consider for the run home yeah it's probably that or round 10 if we don't think he's going to play origin yeah, some, something along those lines. If he doesn't look like he can play Origin and Horsburgh's firing and he plays Origin instead and they don't end up having Hopgood on the bench for Queensland, yeah, he could potentially be a really good scorer for there. But unfortunately, they don't have the triple Origin game schedule this year, but they do have two. They got round 13, around 19, mm. and then um round 14 and 17 as well. So it's a pretty decent schedule, actually, if you want to pick up some non-Origin guys like uh, Dylan Brown and maybe Moses. Pretty, yeah. This that's what I thought. They're pretty much exactly the same as as the Dragons. With Dragons having the round eleven by instead of round nine, the other two exact same. So, those are the two teams on that same schedule. So it could be, you know, the Jack DeBellin and uh, sort of Hopgood potentially like a dare I say it a Matto or or a Cardi um, or a Gutho as well. Sort of that around that that middle part of the year. But we'll get to that a little bit later on, given it's super early in the preseason. So let's move to Sean Lane now, who should be the the, the biggest guy to talk about in this video. At 558k, he's in that next tier, that five to 600 sort of awkward phase, isn't he? The 40.6 average, but priced up to a 45. What are your thoughts at him? Or is that, no, sorry, that's correct. He's at the 40.6 after the 35 average. 
Yeah, it, it's a little bit hard because they priced him up. He did not look great last year. He's come back from injury and then he was in and then he was out and the Eels couldn't work out what they were doing with him. Um, so I don't know if he's going to get back to what he was in previous years, but they did show that when he had 70, um, when he was playing those 80-minute games, he was scoring pretty well. Now, he didn't play 80 consistently all the time, every time, but I think especially in 2022 when he was having that good season, he, he was that guy that would do that. So if the Eels can put it together with Dylan Brown back and a couple of their forwards all available, he can be that guy that gets back towards that average. I don't know if I expect him to get over 50, but I can definitely see sort of mid to high 40s at least. So you can't go too wrong if you pick him, but on the flip side, I don't think you're going to get hurt too much by leaving him out. He's sort of going to, I think he's going to be about eight points of value bang on. And you could pick other guys who might be more or less, or you could pick him and he'll do an okay job for you. Yeah. Is he a guy that we just need to see in the trial? Cause last year just didn't look good at all. Did he just didn't look ready to be back? Or just didn't have any venom last year, the year before that, he was just sort of breaking through tackles for fun, scoring incredible tries. So, and that was where he got that 52 average. So I think personally, I need to see a bit from him in the trials to make that decision that um, a few other people are just kind of just going with just for, you know, what he's done in the past rather than potential, like potentially seeing what he can do now um, after yeah. following some injuries. So yeah, interesting one. That's for sure. Uh, let's go to, so Makatoa and Tony Matali. Do, do we know, do you know anything on him? Sorry. No, I can't remember too much. Of him. I think off the top of my head, he's pretty big, but okay. um, I don't think he'll play for a bit nah, so many forwards uh madison 701k he always manages to end up around that 50 average a little bit less than he did in previous years where he was up closer to the 800 mark does that spell any value for maddo or is he a bit of a, a trap at the moment i don't really think maddo is going to be the keeper guy you want on your bench anymore because Hopgood is that monster stat eater that will take away those points i mistakenly brought him in about round 16 last year as a non-origin option and he sort of just bled points compared to some of the keep other keeper mids when he was scoring those high 40s for me so i think he's probably going to do that a bit again unless there's a couple injuries because he scores really well when he's starting lock he scores really well at second row but yeah um his massive Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
massive bench PPM from 2022, where I think it was like 1.15 PPM, something insane. Mm. It dropped like all the way to below 0.9 because Hopgood just takes so much. So could be a little bit of upside from PPM point of view, but not minutes. He just gets moved around so much with the five, eight games and everything else. Hey, so yeah, it's a bit tough one to predict. Mitch Moses got him in down as a round one gun. Explain further how you think he could either stay the same or go above that pretty consistently. Yeah, there's there's a couple of marks against him, but as you said, he's had a career year last year pretty much, and the eels the eels weren't amazing. So mm. if the eels can recover and do a bit better this year, and he has a bit more attack, a few more goals, he could be really good. He had, I think. Uh, the injury game, which he had at the back end of the year, if you take that out, he was pretty much a bang on a 60 average. Mm. I think with an early good draw and uh, a pretty good team around him finally all fit, he could do pretty well. I think that I would have expected Dylan Brand to take more ball away from him and make the them play a little bit more left field so he'll get less... Um, less hands on the ball, but he actually scored better last year when Dylan Brown was in the team. I guess it was probably a factor of the Eels doing a little bit better. So if they can do something like that, I could see him doing a little bit better and potentially being somebody that might be a non-origin option that you just hold for a lot of the year. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, That's a big thing. Being the goal kicker, you're going to get those extra couple of points for for the tries that they create. And a lot of time he, he's the one streaming back through the middle if they make a break down the left-hand side anyway, right? So given he will kind of swing between right side, a little bit in the middle, tiny bit on that left-hand side. So yeah, um, any seven that's goal kicking that is in a good team, it's going to be, it's going to be great even if he does sort of split that time a little bit. So yeah, he's, he's definitely a very, very interesting pick. And you've got there a note that you might have to sacrifice an option like a Grant or a Fogarty. Just explain that a little bit further because we only have space for so many guns, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got certain positions in your team which are better to spend up on early season or just to have as captaincy options. If you need one of Hines or Cleary to stick the C on, you probably want at least one of somebody like a Haas, Grant Murray, and one or two other keepers that are just going to score you um, that 50 points now because Moses is also really highly priced around that 800k you're gonna have to take one of those other guys out of your team if you want Moses in so that's either sacrificing someone like a Fogarty who has more upside than Moses but is going to score less or somebody like a Grant who's the clear best um, scorer in the hooker position so it depends on the balance of your team if you want to stick Moses in. I personally would like to, but I can't fit him just because the other options are really safe. If you can do it for your team and it works and you don't think the Raiders are going to be really good or you think some of the other hookers um, can almost get up to Grant because of the Storm's really hard start or things like that, if it works for your team, sure. But make sure that it does because otherwise it could handicap you. Definitely. Uh, Joe Ogden... Junior Barlow there, all guys that if everyone's fit, no real value for him? Nah. There's a few teams floating around this year, hey, who just had a few guys out last year and all the other guys were a little bit inflated. So, yeah, like RCG, I think Paulo's going to drop a few points and a few minutes and Joe O similarly. And re really, especially just because 
potentially all four of Madison, Hopgood, Paulo, and uh, RCG can play 50 minutes or more, what what gives? What cancels out? Yeah, there's not much available, is there? Will Penasini had him last year. To me, very, very up and down, especially obviously in a team that didn't go so well. Moses being out for origin stuff. There's a lot of things that need to go right, I think, for, for Penasini to be great. Obviously, being on the outside of Moses is awesome, but I think they need to be a sort of a top four team for him to be a top gun. Are you thinking the same thing? Yeah, I think he benefited a little bit from Moses being so dominant last year, mm. but you, you can see from just the way he averaged. When the ball was on his side, he averaged 46 with Moses in, and that's getting up towards the keeper. But that was every game having Moses there, and we don't know if that's going to happen. So I think he's a tier below the top guys and only somebody you want to consider if he gets down a little bit cheaper or you really need somebody to fill in a spot during the origin period. Definitely. Um, many thoughts on Kai Rodwell. He seems to be a good young forward, right? Yeah, he, he's somebody that's probably pushing to be that 17th man on the Eels bench. If somebody like uh, Tuilagi or Joe O um, doesn't quite make it, or if they don't have a bench hooker, if Hans isn't the 14 and they need another guy, it could well be uh, one of Rodwell or Tuilagi um, or Offa Hengawi. I think two of those three will probably make it. Yeah. That makes sense. Shawnee Russell, 381, bit irrelevant. Uh, Simonson, 473. You got a little bit of a, a, a few notes on him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, he's a funny one because he did, he was mostly a winger for a while, but then we chucked him at, at left center and he did all right. A couple of guys who jumped on him in the Discord were really happy and he made them a bit of money. But now he's sort of up around that price. And surprisingly, although you'd think the ball would go left more with Dillbags, he actually scored better when he wasn't there. Um, that was when Arzi and Madison were at the 5'8 position who don't do... Well, Madison was kind of just acting as another another forward who was passing the ball a lot. And Arzi doesn't have a lot of running uh, and run meters compared to Dillbags. So I think the responsibility fell a little bit more on the outside backs next to them. So personally, for me, he's not one that I'd want to want to go out at all but um he'll be he'll be interesting to see he might crawl up to mid 500s but that's not enough to be to be value for our team yeah with some risk uh another guy with risk micah sivo you love a pod don't you talk us through your your sivo chat here oh i was actually pretty mad at how well he played in round 26 because i was like why why didn't you do that at all this year. He scored four tries, was belting people, got 79 points or something and ruined his average uh, for next year. He pushed it up about three points with that performance. <laughs> and um, yeah, he's somebody who did benefit when the ball was on that left side a lot more. When with Dylan Brown, averaged about five points more. And that might be what he does this year. He might just be five points. That's not enough for you. He's, he's a winger in a probably not fantastic team who is pretty inconsistent so even though he's averaged pretty well in the past that's sort of the maximum amount of value you'd ever get out of him which isn't probably quite enough so he'll be fun he'll be fun to watch but it won't be fun to own so please don't buy him unless he drops down a, a good five points more probably yeah 
Yeah, HIA in round one scores three, drops down 50, 100K, and then we get interested, but uh, not before then. Uh, I can see if that happens, I can see you getting locked in or sucked oh, mate, into that one. It's going to be so hard for me to resist if that happens. <laughs> so hard. Are you someone that likes to, if it's a 50-50 call, you, you prefer to grab the guy from your team, the Eels, or? I probably do, but I have been burned by doing that a few times, so I'm wary of it. I tried that with Madison last year. It didn't work. Okay. Um, and last time I tried to pick a pod winger, it turned a bit into Alex Johnston, who kind of just sat at price, even though he was scoring like two tries a game for yeah. about four or five rounds there in midseason, just because nothing else was happening. So probably not. It'd tempt me, but it'd have to have some additional bonus additional bonuses for it to work out. Very, very fair. Uh to Alangi there, 421. Needs some injuries. Probably want him on the bench a little bit to get cheap. And then we could grab on later, jump on later. Yeah. It, it's a pretty good depth signing, but after the year that Cardi had and laying back at fitness, I don't see a spot for him in the starting 13. Definitely. Let's move to the pack predictor now. And talk us through the minutes and the potential value that you see here. Yeah, uh, similar to some of the other teams we've gone through recently, there's a few forwards who probably lose some coin to start the year because of injuries and stuff inflating them last year. Two of those guys in particular would be RCG and Paulo, but uh, might might as also be somebody like Hans and Tuolagi if they're on the bench. Um, if Lusik, you can see his... Predicted minutes I've put there is 55 with hands at 25. And that puts him pretty much at price, which means that if he's getting another 25 minutes, all that is going to be value. But until that happens, you can't you can't touch him. So watch for TLT, because there could be some interesting, interesting implications for the eels. But um yeah, at this stage it's probably lane and not much else. Yeah, it's a good thing to know, guys, that when you're looking at all of these uh, with these teams and these pack predictors is when you're seeing a lot of those negatives in the value side, that usually means there was a lot of injuries last year. So just be aware of that. The guys did score really, really well. And you might go, Oh, I just want to lock those scores in, but they're, they aren't guaranteed. Those minutes aren't guaranteed. And, and if you, you do want to have a look at some other teams that were fairly full strength throughout their seasons and they potentially get one or two injuries in the, in the preseason or in that trial game or something like that, then that's where sort of you'd see a bit more of that value, won't you? Yeah, 100%. Like, it's hard to sort of pick a team to give an example for, and you kind of don't want any of them to get injured. But if somebody, um, for some reason, does go from that plotter 45 minutes to all of a sudden playing 55 minutes and has a bit of a bigger role, then you just have to take a, a quick look over to make sure that there's, there might be something there. Yeah, definitely. And that's um, yeah, that's the interesting thing I, I noted and see with this one is all those negatives there for sure. So that's that one there. And then uh, we basically spoke about their their buy schedule with actually their buys, but uh, their beginner schedule there, the Dogs, Panthers, Seagulls, Tigers, and Raiders. Not too bad, isn't it? Apart from sort of the Panthers away from home. Yeah, it, it's it's quite a nice draw actually to start the year. It's one of the better ones. So if the Eels can get a little bit of a roll on early, they might end up doing all right. But yeah, they're going to need to win plenty of these games in order to be around the back end of the year. And um, 
I'll be keen to see if we can stick it to the Panthers again because for some reason we just seem to disrupt them a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I suppose looking at that draw in terms of the ease of it, you'd really only be looking at probably Mitch Moses at that point. And it seems like it's solid enough. And I suppose the big thing there is sometimes the attacking halves and fullbacks do struggle against the Panthers. So might be something to to be slightly wary of. Yeah, I mean, there was probably two or three players last year who had brilliant years for every game except the game <laughs> they played the Panthers and they got a 37. So you do have to watch out for that. Did Ponga score a try in his game and got 17? Oh, something like that. I think Harry Grant also missed a billion tackles and scored 50 on the dot just because he missed so many and made so many. And um, somebody else also dropped a lot. I think, was it Hines that scored like in the 30s yeah. when they played the Panthers? Yeah, yeah 33, you so I think. You've got to watch out for some of those guys when the Panthers defend well, because they are oh. very good at that. Yeah, they're incredible. Incredible side. All right, that is the Eels. That was a fun one. What's What number are you going to put them at in the top eight? Oh, you know what? I'm going to put them at eighth because there's been a few teams that have made a run from eighth in the last few years. So let, let's cross our fingers and do that. That's fair. I don't mind that. Thanks, guys, for being in that one. We'll, uh, we've got plenty to go, obviously, and uh, we'll see you in those ones.